0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 70 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. I'm a little sad that we've moved on, but I feel like we're bigger as people now that we're past episode 69. It's been a long time coming.
1: Yeah, now you can finally grow up. You can start no. making all these jokes about it.
0: See, now that I don't know, like some people are suggesting that season one of the Games cast is now over. Oh. So now we start over oh. with another episode oh. one. But then I'm like, volume two, episode one. I've been fucking up since the first and last ever for a while. But, uh, you know, I liked that idea. It was that's a good a idea. idea. So, welcome to the first episode. Ev- no, I am not going to do that. Yeah, I'd get confused. I sure. would do it, but somewhere along the line, I am going to get really fucked up. Every episode should just be episode sixty nine 692 nine two. There you go. That's three. another way to do it. It'll be like a, a squares naming the show, and it'll be great. Exactly. Well, we need to put some dashes in there,
1: mm-hmm. and then some, some weird city
0: and yeah, it. Yeah, some Latin that's not really Latin. Yeah, yeah. Japanese Latin is what they call it. But Ryan Clements will love it. He will. He will fucking love it. Ryan Clements loves the show. I don't know if you know that. I He's don't know that. Told me that. Many times. Interesting. And by that, I mean maybe once he said that he liked it one time. So good for him. I appreciate you, Ryan Clements. Thanks, I Ryan Clements, for being a viewer. I, I appreciate all okay. of you for giving so much love to episode sixty-nine. It was a very special time for all of us. We're moving on now. We're growing up. We're mature. Things are great. I'm Tim Gettys. Cool students in video games. Colin Moriarty. Greg Miller. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk video games. Yes. Like fancy gents do. We do this every week here on the kind of funny games cast. You can get it early. On Patreon.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. If you throw us some dollars, you can get some goodies. That's what the kids say. Yep. If you don't want to give us money, them goodies. you can get them uh, free over at YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames. Hey, kids, you want some goodies? Fergie was Those always kids. talking about the boys wanting her goodies. Fergie? Yeah. yeah. Remember I Fergie? I wonder how Fergie's doing now. I think pretty well, I imagine. Really? Yeah. She's got to have a lot of money. That was such a weird story. The you know, Black Eyed Peas. What was the weird story? The Black Eyed Peas were kind of just like a super underground oh. like whatever hip-hop group, and all of a sudden they got Fergie, and yeah, weird. they became, like... A big deal. ...the most commercial group of all time. Sure. Yeah, it was
2: weird, because 311 shouts them out in 1999 in Come Original. And I didn't even know who they were at that time. And where? where? Give me some... Give me uh, the Black Eyed Peas, they come in full range, I think they say. No effects, they come in full range. When they they shout out. they say Come Original? They say Come Original probably 7,000 times in that song. Okay. Uh, but I didn't know who they were, and I remember looking them up, and they were a radically different band yeah. before the uh, before edition of... Uh, the, the Fergie, Fergalicious, the Fergie era. I called it the Fergie era. The Duchess Error, of but...
0: Ferg, but she did have a song called Duchess. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that was
1: the whole thing. There was like a, you know, there were, for before this Fergie, there was another Fergie who was in the English Times. Really, that was very important. Didn't know that Duchess. Song Duchess of London, York. London Is that right? Too. Help me out here. She went, you know, know, real, history.
2: <laughs> she went real through this with this whole. You know, fucking I'm, theme I'm not making up. Dude. There's a Duchess of York. Yeah, yeah, Fergie it's not Fergie Fergie isn't the Duchess of York no 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 no. but that, that Duchess of York was named Fergie right this redhead oh yeah that sounds about right yeah, yeah. remember this because oh, yeah, again
1: remember the 80s for some reason everybody fucking cared about the UK like that was oh Prince Charles and Lady Diana and Fergie <laughs> whatever and then everybody's like wait a second that's dumb
0: I don't remember any of this. It was
1: this shit.
2: Princess Diana, now Lady Diana. It doesn't matter. Mm. dude. Did we care about that? No,
1: yeah. I, we're more trying to nail down Fergie. goddammit. it! Yeah. And I know I'm not saying the Fergie we know and love, who Peter yeah. Pants and the Black Eyed
2: Peas. Yeah, in 2008,
0: 2008, Not that whole. Yeah, whole yeah, yeah. Wait,
2: she Peter Pants? That sounds familiar to me. She, I mean, there oh, was, there a, was a picture Peter, going around. Yeah, yeah, Peter Pants on stage,
0: which. Eh good for her if she did I don't care I mean yeah (laughs) good for her
1: (laughs) do you Fergie it's always when they deny it you know what I mean it's like when I almost pooped myself and then I just pooped in the bush and I was just like I pooped in the bush and then it wasn't a thing but if I would have denied while I was shitting in the bush in front of Colin Moriarty and some young Asian boy if I would have denied that I was shitting in the bush then it would have been a story you think
2: that boy still tells that story he must tell that story
1: he's a man now (laughs) that's how time works but yeah of course he does the time he got horribly scarred by two morons out there Shitting in a bush, talking to each other.
0: So we usually talk about video games on the show, and we'll get to that eventually. But first off, like you heard in the little intro there, kind of funny live. It's very, very close. As of this recording, it's 17 days away. Jesus, God. Which is absolutely horrifying to me, but it's going to be freaking awesome. You should definitely come. There's a couple of VIP tickets left. It's going to be a whole bunch of exclusive merch. We're going to do cool shit. It's going to be a good old time. Now, getting right into this show. I want to talk directly to your heart, Greg. Yeah. Toys to Life games. Oh. What is their future? Yesterday as of this recording yeah Disney Infinity cancelled no more they're done we're getting some Finding Dory stuff we're getting some stuff they already announced but once that's over in June whenever soon yeah soon it's done Disney Infinity closing up gone. shop what yeah. are your thoughts on this
1: wow what a surprise you know Colin yesterday when we were uh, out living room working turned to uh, me out on the couch and was just like they just closed Disney Infinity <laughs> and it was like w- what like I was talking about it a bit on Colin Greg Live like it's crazy because it seems so out of the blue and granted like you know i'm the for our audience for our for kind of funny right i'm the uh arm to this toys the to life genre because i'm so into lego dimensions and that's what got me in you know to work, being on the toys for games podcast and talking to them and brick and choir and all these people and uh you know the in the their disney affinity spinoff site and stuff like that and hearing about that so to do a pax East panel about Toys to Life and have it be where we, you know, there was an expert for every one of them. God forbid I was the expert on Lego Dimensions, but we went down to <laughs> talking about what, you know, you expect to see out of your game and the next thing. And Disney Infinity was, oh, well, this, maybe that, maybe some vehicles, this, be, you know, and it was all ideas. It wasn't at all like, well, I've heard rumblings or we've had, we know it didn't sell well, so there's concern here. It was just totally like, of course this is going to continue to go. Of course this is going to continue to be a thing. And, all of a sudden for that to be gone just in a blink yeah. of an eye let alone and i'm talking about it strictly from the fan perspective let alone avalanche studios perspective where they're working on this game and then disney's like we're done with games and we're pulling out and this domino effect now of what that means and to watch that spiral out yesterday was pretty fascinating because we, we talked about it you know with the numbers of it like okay so clearly it wasn't making the money hand over fist or whatever it probably they were probably losing money on it to an extent. you figure. This was still a popular thing, though. I was mm-hmm. talking, you know, Brandon Jones, right? Like, I, 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 you know, this is not one of the jokes where I, I make a big deal about it. When I won the ambassador for toys, for games this year, right? It was me and Brandon competing, me with Lego and him with Infinity, because Brandon, you know, I, I'm sure he still does, was doing a weekly Disney Infinity live stream where he mm-hmm. would get in and play and screw around Toy Box and do all these different things. And that was popular, and that audience was into it, and... The reaction on Twitter over you know the last twenty four hours watching it be has been pretty astounding. I feel where it has been so many people coming up and being like, "Damn, they were the coolest figures." A lot of like you know, mm-hmm. like uh, Altona posted that these these were the coolest Star Wars figures that there ever were. Uh, people like Tom Taylor, who's a comic book writer, being like, "My kids loved this game." And, and like then you have just people who are like just into it as a game, like not they don't have kids, they just enjoy playing it themselves and using them the proper way on like amiibos or whatever. Right? We're <laughs> just on your desk, like talking about how much they're going to miss it and how much potential was there. And I think that's like, for me, it was interesting to watch it last night happen and be like, cause at first my knee jerk reaction coming from the Lego dimensions camp was like, Oh man, that sucks in this. I mean like the shock of it was like, ah, oh, that sucks, but it'll be cool to get star Wars and Marvel and all of them into Lego dimensions. Right. Cause they already have that relationship. And then it's like, Oh shit. But what about John Vinyaki? What about the people? What have been like trying to wrestle with all those different emotions? It was interesting to see even, uh, other people in a, who are involved with the other games do it. You know, one of the TT games guys uh, was on last night and he said something to the fact of, like, oh man, it sucks that this happened. And he made a comment that made it sound like he was saying they beat them. And like, like, oh, you know, that like was Lego Dimensions, like, put them out of business. That's, that's paraphrasing, right? And he's like, whoa, over the line. He deleted the tweet. You know, you're right. That's not what my intent was or whatever. But like, in that one thing, what does that mean when. There's, we're always talking about Skylanders, Infinity, and Lego, right? And Lego being the, you know, the most recent to market. And then Infinity, where it seemed like they were on a, such an upswing, where it was, all right, Disney Infinity 1.0 comes out, and it's like, cool. I mean, for me, I'm like, baby's game, whatever. I don't, I, I'm not connected to Disney people. It's not cool. Disney Infinity 2.0, they're like, guess what? Marvel. We have all the Marvel guys. And you're like, these figures are awesome. Again, I played it for a little bit. I, it was too simple for me, and I was like, "Okay, not for me." But then Wave Three was Star Wars, and it was you know uh, the movie about emotions or whatever. You know what I'm talking about the the Pixar movie where they were all in their house. Oh, Inside Out. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> They had all these things, and the Star Wars one was, if you remember, v- pretty much the Star Wars game or whatever that was out. Like, the Battlefront came out, but this is the one where you had Kylo Loren and you had all the other guys in there, and, you know, yeah. and the BB 88s. Yes, you know, yes, you know, you actually yes, got to play. Them. Their, the and people, characters. people loved that, you know what I mean? And it was, for me, what was interesting, and what I talked about after that uh, GameStop expo we did, where we went and, uh, you know, had John come on and show the stuff, or maybe it wasn't John at that time, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Came on and actually saw the Star Wars stuff. It was like, wow, this is so this is such an evolution from what it was at wave one, what it was at wave two, even. And now like when it's, it's three, you are taking the characters and like, now you're in the X wing, now you're doing this. And it's getting closer and closer to what I like about Lego games, figures removed, just Lego period, anything Lego star Wars, where it is taking the world, making it cute and doing something different. in it, Mm -hmm. And so now to have Disney pull out of it, it's, it's, it's awesome from my side to be like, awesome, now we'll get them into Legos. It's terrible from the developer and fan side to see, there's this game people actually cared about, gone. And then as, again, somebody who cares about one of the other franchises, one of the other SKUs, whatever you want to call it, Lego Dimensions, it does get me make me go, are they making money? Yeah. It seems like Lego Dimensions did really well, but then again, I would have told you that Disney Infinity was probably doing fine. I didn't know the financials or how it was, and so what does that mean for how Lego does? What does that mean for how Skylanders does? Like, mm-hmm. where are, are we? Are we seeing the ceiling, or was it just Disney being like, "This isn't an investment
0: for us"? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting to to note that Disney is just not making games, period anymore. Right. So it's not just Infinity; they're just straight up like, "We out." You know, uh, I think that 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 obviously says a lot that like it's not necessarily that they weren't making money. They weren't making enough. Money, sure. I think is the key thing. And I think that it's obvious when you look at the franchises that they have, like Marvel, Star Wars and just Disney and Pixar, like. Those alone, it's like, come on, you don't really get much bigger than yeah. that. And it's like when Disney also owns the ESPN and ABC and like all these other, so many verticals, they just are on top of them and just owning every single element to it. It's like, if they're not making an obscene amount of money from games, right, if they're it? not Activisioning it up, like why not, I, well, why do it?
1: This is an interesting thing because it, Honestly for me is super exciting And I'm, I can only really I guess speak uh, You know in terms of well I know okay so let's Look at Disney in general they own Star Wars they own Marvel right and for me The really exciting thing was when We went and saw Age of Ultron and we didn't realize We were, we were like oh they were like do you want to come see Age of Ultron we Really like yeah sure and we got there and there's all these press people With notebooks like what's going on like oh they're announcing How Marvel's gonna handle games from here on out And Marvel's whole thing at the time I remember Was like we're partnering with Telltale And this is an example of what we're talking about We're no longer going to try to do this on our own we're going to go partner with the top tier developers we're not going to do it where we get a studio and try to make it our own and da da that because that's so much work and it is so hard and i'm not saying that avalanche wasn't up to the task of making infinity awesome but clearly i mean just talking to the people about it it didn't resonate in the way that i think dimensions is something that i hear all the time like Oh, I love it and so does my kid. And like it's a Lego game and we play, but there's these references and da-da-da. Whereas I really feel like Infinity is very much a kid's game with an awesome toys connected to it. And so for them to go like, all right, cool, we're not gonna worry about how do we do that? We're going to partner up with it and, and actually put our money where our mouth is, right? And this then, what I'm talking about is excitement, right? You can see with Star Wars where they're taking this and get, getting the, you know, we're getting Battlefront. We're talking about Battlefront too. We're talking about this Amy game. We're talking about all these different games that our Star Wars licenses being given out and letting creators and developers do what they do best, right? Then it gets super exciting when again you allow yourself to dream and talk about that rumor that I ne- I will not let die of Sucker Punch working on Spider Man, right? And that, of course, seems like such a crazy idea. But the more we talked about on that PS, I love you, the more I was like, this kind of makes sense. Like give it to sucker punch who's who are who are awesome at doing open world games and let them do And like it, this. I still think speaks to that of Marvel being like of Disney being like, yeah, we can't do this on our own. And it, when we do do it on our own, it's really time consuming and hard. Yeah. We'd rather go get the best of the best and give it to them and see what happens.
0: Yeah. I mean, licensing goes a long way. And I mean, it's, it's just easy math to look at it and be like, you know, properties sell that's it so it's like having when they when you have spider-man yeah. give that to a game developer knows what they're doing right that's gonna sell copies
1: and that's and that's the whole thing again like what you're talking about with money and how they can print money it works in the exact same scenario we're talking about of getting them into lego dimensions you know what i mean I've, i when i remember when disney bought star wars and i was like well that's cool but we will never see another lego star wars game and then here we were and it's like oh they've just announced force awakens and this that and the other you imagine that that's got to be that's so easy to be like okay cool so now we're going to put out the you know uh, whatever they however they want to handle dimensions this year because they are they are teasing that they have to announce something soon because their final wave of figs just came out so they got to get ready you imagine e3 they'll say something but cool like here is the prequel set here is the main trilogy set and here's the force awakens set and you have you know all these different mini figs in there that like I will buy in a heartbeat, right? For those level packs and have them and to go through and play that and mash them up with Superman and Batman yeah. and mash them up with Ghostbusters and do all this. And so it's the same with Marvel, right? Like if you, I don't know how far along, you know, discussions were, how long this was telegraphed. Maybe they were already talking to Lego. You hope that way they can be on top of the stuff. But if you came out at E3 and you were like, yeah, you know, so sad to see them go, but we've reached this deal. And here is this giant Marvel play set. And here's this giant, uh, uh, Disney playset. Yeah. And here we, man, that'd be awesome. And that like is the same thing where I don't think that necessarily Disney's board of directors or whoever is looking at Avalanche and being like, well, they're not nailing it with infinity, but Lego sure is. I think they've had that relationship with Lego forever. They understand what Lego games are and TT games and stuff like that. So now to have that ability to have them go over that, that's awesome. And that then gets super interesting in terms of what does that mean for Skylanders versus Lego dimensions? Yeah.
0: Well, that's the thing too. Like we're talking about kind of the future of uh, like toys to life and all that stuff like Skylanders. I mean, we're, we're kind of outside of this whole thing, but is it, a thing like do you know any sales numbers or stuff that it would back it either being a success or a failure at this point i want uh, colin will have to correct me i know he's more the numbers guy but i it seems like activision always talks about it as a it's doing extremely well but i don't I, to this day though because my the thing is a couple years back you know i know it was it was huge it was such a huge it was like the minecraft of the year right in in context there where it's just like something that all of us on the inside were just like the fuck is this shit like spiral looks stupid now and then it was like, oh, damn, no, kids are actually, like, all over this thing. It's weird now because we've seen so much, especially with Amiibos and with the Lego and with the Disney and all of it, where you go to Target, you go to any any toy store, which I frequent very often, um, way more often than I should. And the the aisles are just dedicated to these Toys to Life games. Like, the game, the video game section is smaller than it's ever been, and half of it is these toys. And you walk through, and then it's, you know, the, the rare Amiibos are gone. Yeah. There's a million Princess Peaches. Yep. Um and then Disney Infinity they're stocked, Lego Dimension stocked. Skylanders now has a really tiny little kiosk
2: and it's like it looks like there's just a shit ton of them left. Yeah, I think that so my take on the, so I have, I have multiple takes on this. A um the word is that Disney ate shit on Disney Infinity. So that's number 1. They didn't make any money on it. They lost about 150 million dollars according to the Wall Street Journal Wall Street Journal writers. So that's basically the budget of 3 Triple-A games that they lost on Disney Infinity. So they the games either weren't selling or what I think is more likely is that the upfront investment in doing these games is way higher, obviously, because they have to manufacture the toys, they have to model the toys, they have to test the toys, then they have to make the games, they have to keep all these people employed, they have to manufacture all the shit. They might be selling the games at a loss to make money on the toys or something like I don't really know what their marketing, like what their their budgetary plans were. But over that three year span, according to a Wall Street Journal, I think Wall Street Journal writer on Twitter was saying that their write down is like one hundred and fifty million dollars that they're out of the business completely now. So it wasn't like they weren't making enough money. They weren't making any money. Um, and it goes back to what I was saying. I think I said it some time ago, a long time ago, which is that this Toys to Life thing is a fad and it can't, and this this thing can't be supported by multiple companies. And I, w- I said that when, I think, I guess when Lego Dimensions actually was coming out, I was yeah. like, someone's got to go. And lo and behold, someone went. Now it sucks that, it sucks that this uh, folded um, and affects people's you know employment and stuff like that. It's very sad. Um, but I my assumption is that um, this can't last forever, and that the only reason that Lego is probably going to be the winner here is because Lego is ubiquitous with you know built. They, they have a clever way to make it more than just putting a toy on a portal, which is not that exciting after like after a while. And that goes back to what Greg was saying about Amiibos. Like Amiibos aren't popular by any stretch of the imagination because of their functionality with games. They're like the only way you can get Nintendo toys. Yeah, the cool statues to you know, so, like, have on your desk. So like if those things were shitty and were tied to tethering to your Wii U, they would sell like garbage, you know, like, but that's not what they're all about. So we have some market evidence that this stuff isn't maybe as big as you think. And, 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 the fact that Disney like took such a huge loss on it, well, yeah. I think Activision actually makes money. I was going to say, uh, the
1: stats I have for you on Skylanders is this. As of February 2015, the Skylanders series has crossed the threshold of $3 billion in sales with 175 million toys sold since 2011, making the series one of the top 20 highest selling video game franchises of all time. Right. As of 2015, over 250 million toys were sold.
2: Right, so in about a five or six year period, they're selling yeah. 50 million toys or so a year. I'd be really interested um, though in what in this last year was. Though, I, know, I know, I know. It's hard to get past like
0: In 20, back February, 2015, there wasn't any competition besides Amiibo, which doesn't exactly well, Infinity count. was there.
2: Anything does anything that's right, yeah, anything that depends on a peripheral is going to be ephemeral, it's not going exi- to exist and last forever. And I think that that's that's pretty obvious. And there are not many examples of that being not true. So, yeah. I, I, um, I think this idea is cool, but I think that it's 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 like I was saying when I think when Lego started doing all the stuff, which is like you got to get parents invested in the stuff, there's way too many of these things, they don't have that great of a functionality. Lego at least can be played with in some respect, I guess, like by itself. And you're putting them together and there's some sort of like tactile response to it. I think that maybe the market's becoming a little bit more privy to the fact that this is kind of like not really a necessary way to play games. And this is just a way more expensive way to play games. Instead of buying Skylanders for $60, you're buying Skylanders for $60. Plus, you're like have to buy all these toys to activate things that should already be in the game. And I think that slowly people are starting to maybe realize like, well, that doesn't really make any sense. Like, why would we do this? Like, what is the point of this at all? The Lego thing is the only thing that makes sense. I think is actually quite clever. As far as like as Disney getting out of publishing, I think that it's it's smart, and I do think that to Greg's point, it's it's wise to mitigate risk by going to partners that are capable, like EA, um, and having them build games. And like they, they're going all you know, they're going full bore with respawn and with uh, visceral and all this. So, um, if I can say one thing
1: to what you're saying because I agree with most of it if not all is the fact that I think where, where Infinity has a problem right is that they were trying to have one foot in both both places if that makes sense Skylanders I think is super successful and continues to be successful because it's aimed at kids and it is a new IP where it's like yeah we're totally outside of it because we never bothered to get into it but those characters have stories and backstories and when you're a kid and you're like what do we do with these dumb things right well I remember being a kid and I would just sit there and play with my regular toys and I think that that is something that happens though where kids finish Skylanders take their toys to their friend's house and smash them together and tell stories or whatever and play in their room whereas I think with Infinity it is this weird amiibo thing where it's like I'll put them on my desk I'll pick I'll buy the figures but I'm not playing the game or I'm playing the game but I don't I have a better Captain America figure than that Captain America's toy that's mm-hmm. that's a statue that's an inaction that inaction figure and then dimensions is the one where at least well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say in my experience, not many people are putting on display, but then I think of Trevor Starkey who turned me out of these awesome cases to put them in. Like, and so, but it's still to the point of if I'm a kid and I'm playing with that great and I'm done with that figure. Yeah. You pop them off the base and then you put them in your Lego playset, and it's, they go in and out and you can put other people in there and you know, the yeah. game encourages you to customize your portal with your own Legos and do this different stuff. And mm-hmm. to your point of like, you know, Skylanders, you have to buy these certain toys or whatever. And, and I can't, I can only speak to, I guess. Gen 1 or 2 Skylanders, where there were lockdown walls you couldn't get through. Lego Dimension skirts that issue by allowing you to use in game currency to buy, like, hire a hero for X you know, minutes so you can get past this thing and activate that portal and stuff like that. So there's these weird, everybody's learning from each other and doing these weird yeah. little, you know, dynamics, but it's the fact of. Lego Dimensions delivering, I I and I'm totally biased, of course, delivering on a gameplay and toy level. Whereas for for all, where I think it is the fact that you know I just saw a uh, Chobot and Blair with their son playing, and he's super excited and he's fooling around with it right. And then there is nerds like me that are super excited and fooling yeah. around. And just got, I can't wait to build Slimer and stuff.
0: I mean, the thing with Lego, not with Lego Dimensions, with Disney Infinity is like that we saw the progression and we saw that game get better over the iterations and once it got to three the stars one i mean like there was a solid game there yeah you know it's like it 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 got to the point that it really did make you think that four might be something that is for everybody in the way that lego games tend to be right Um, but you
1: feel like they already not burned goodwill by them but like uh, so many people had already made up their minds right like for me it was disney Infinity 2.0 oh cool sat down to play and i was like oh no not for me and it's Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't go back now. And even with three or four, if you were like, no, no, it's really coming out. Like great, but I missed it. It's not for me. Not, you know, I'm not on that carousel right now.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think this is Uh, it it had to happen at some point. Um, I think that it, it it definitely came out of nowhere. I I feel like there hasn't been this type of news in the games industry for a while where, yeah, yesterday I was in here for some reason on my computer and it came up and I was like, really? Yeah. What? Like, that's just so abrupt. But, uh, because especially, like, you think back to last E3, which we're coming up on this E3, so a year ago, it was going real strong.
2: Like, at least... Jonathan Yonke was on like, our show, right, with all the yep. Star Wars figures, and we all talked about how awesome they were and how mm-hmm. cool this was. I, I just think that the risk is so high in making these kinds of games. Like, what I'm interested in is not what Activision made in revenue, but, like, what they spent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, I'm sure that they made a profit, but, like, you have to, like... There's a greater dimension to making these games. Like, you have to assume that the game... Toys from... What is it? What is it, Toys Alive? Life. No, the studio that makes... Uh um um Which one? Skylanders is um, Bob Bob's uh, yeah. Bob's playset? Bob's or to- Toys from Bob or something like that. It's like it's some I don't know, you'll look it up, I guess. Uh like what is their investment to make the game and Toys then, for Bob. Toys for Bob. And then like what is the so like what is their investment to make the game and then sustain the game and then sustain this team and to patch it and do all these kinds of things, add D L C and update it. Then, like, what is the manufacturing cost? Well, what is the cost of, like, getting these figures sculpted and tested and all these kinds of things? Then you manufacture them. Then you have to ship them and sell them. You have to market all of this, which is really expensive. Like, the the cost is just way greater. And so the upside can be greater for Activision. It seems like it was. But the, the downside can be way worse, which is what it seems like it's been for, is for Disney. Like, if you're losing or writing down and have to write basically write down $150 million, like, you spent a lot of money on this. And... uh it's way out of whack with the what what a game should even cost to make. I mean, the uh for instance, like I think Epic was just talking about how when they were still making games like Gears of War and stuff like that, that they their projection for Gears of War 4's um budget was about a hundred million dollars. So they lost Disney Infinity lost more money than like the budget of that game. Yeah. Like of, of what that game would have been. And so I, I it's not as easy it, numbers uh, business is never as simple as like addition and subtraction. It's just not. I mean, there's a lot in those numbers. They probably had a lot of investments. They might be able to get some tax breaks. They might not be. You know, and they're a huge company, so it's not gonna like really hurt them. Yeah, but there it, it's just way too complicated and, and toys to life games are not immune to the market pressures of anything else. And there's only room for so many shooters. There's only room for so many MMOs. There's only room for so many MOBAs and there's only room for so many toys to life games. And like the more people that jump on this bandwagon, the more death and fucking destruction is going to be seen because these require so much more money and so much more investment. And you better believe that Disney Infinity closing down is going to hurt the entire vertical because people some people probably invested 500 dollars or something in that for their kids. Sure. They're gonna be like, fuck this. Exactly. And that's and that's the end of that. And a they just chose, effect. They just chose the wrong horse and and that and that sucks and that's sad. So there's a lot to read into in this, not only in the way it affects Disney, not only in the way it affects Disney Infinity and the studio that unfortunately was shut down, but also I think it affects like everyone else because you're not gonna you're not gonna invest that kind of stuff shit twice. It's like when a parents like, oh uh, my kid wants to play hockey and so they buy him hockey equipment. Then not want to play hockey anymore. It's like well yeah, I'm gonna like I don't know like, follow
1: like, you on the next baseball. Yeah, it's like thing well you, you didn't yeah. follow
2: through on this. Like why am I gonna do this again? And it's not the kid's fault this time around. It's just to say he's just on costs for a game that's dead. Yeah, and, I, it's, and it's not as easy just going and buying a sixty dollar game that works in perpetuity. Now there's nothing new for coming out for this except for the two play sets that are still. The game. thing that would be interesting
1: about the chilling effect, how people react, how the market reacts, is the fact that. I'd see this changing how other companies and brands want to address this because I have a source who was at talking to me the other day and it works at a, a thing with the stuff. And they were basically asking me like, do you think toys to life is here to stay? Should we make a toys to life game? Like, it just my opinion. I was like, I'm green rubber stamping this. I think he was just asking if I had an opinion about it. And I was like, I think they're going to be around for a while more. I would not make your own. I would get on, get in with somebody. And I yeah. think that's the thing. If Disney Infinity now folded, those properties go over to Lego, then I think it becomes pretty a no-brainer of like, okay, at no point should we be making this. If we want to do this, let's go over there and talk to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like even thinking about it, like just what companies in the world could do that and make that work. I think Disney is one of the things like, all right, cool. Lego, definitely. Right. Activision. Yeah, right. I would have never believed that. But they, they got there first. Because they got there first. Yeah. They made it work with character I mean, besides Spyro, which at that point no one gave any shits about. Yeah. Just well, unknown <laughs> new new characters. Um so that's interesting because yeah, I don't think I could even name a single other conglomerate. When we're off like. the air, you can guess. I'll let you run through. I'll give you five guesses. I mean yeah, I honestly don't I don't even think I could. Um Yeah. So cool. Everyone go go tweet at trailer jones. And, and tell them tell them you're sorry is that still his handle? trailer drones it yeah. okay, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. and um, John
1: Vignocchi tell John yes. Vignocchi loved him John Vignocchi one of the best people in the business one of the most charismatic fun guys who loved his job I can't wait to see where he ends up next
0: but I'm, yeah he's gonna bring that passion wherever the fuck he goes maybe he becomes kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> cool second topic of the day Colin mm. I want to talk about Resident Evil you got some shit for me
2: yeah well so it, there was just a passing mention in Capcom's financials that they were planning something with resident evil at least that's what people have been reading into it so what they basically said in in in, in you know kind of shortened it wasn't very long what they said to begin with was they have a full fledged offensive for resident evil plan for the second half of the year and what a lot of people are reading into that is that they're going to announce and or release the game in resident evil 7 or a new resident evil game. greg and i both think it's not gonna be resident evil 7 it'll be like a reboot a reboot but, um but we'll see like what that ends up, what ends up happening. And that brought, you know, this makes sense because Capcom has been messing around with Resident Evil for a while now. Like Resident Evil 6 was very lukewarmly, uh, both at critical and com- both critically and commercially uh, with lukewarm reception. Resident Evil 5 less so, but wasn't really a Resident Evil, like wasn't really a Resident Evil game. People really look back at Resident Evil 4 as the last true Resident Evil game. Um, survival horror Resident Evil game. And, you know, they released Remake HD last year, a little before this time, was probably like 14 or 15 months ago. And then they released uh, Resident Evil Zero HD, um, and then they announced that they're going to remake Resident Evil 2, Which is and then awesome. they re-released Resident Evil 6 on, on current-gen platforms, and then they're going to release Resident Evil 5 on platforms. And that's all going to culminate with Resident Evil 4 coming to these platforms, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, and Resident Evil 4 was already released on PS3 and Xbox 360. It's not a huge deal, but... They're gonna have some upgraded controls and all these kinds of things. Yeah. And so, what this brought to mind for me was, I have actually a, a soft spot for survival horror. I just don't think it's done very well anymore. And so, I was wondering, like, what we want this new Resident Evil game to be, and what aspects of survival horror are most important. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that if anything's clear about five and six, Resident Evil five and six, it's that they're not survival horror games by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. There's no ammo scarcity there's way too many enemies, there's not many, like, even trite jump scares and stuff like that, but it's just, it's not contained, and confined and eerie, um, and those are the hallmarks of, of, of the genre to me, so I'm just kind of curious what you guys want this new Resident Evil game to be, and if you're even fans of Biohazard at all, because I don't know that,
0: No, I definitely, I mean, the, the original ones, obviously, I was like, hugely into, and they were, they were something so special back then, um, and I think that, you know, they don't exactly hold up nowadays, like, the remake on GameCube, and then now, that they re- remade or whatever. Um, it's just the controls are wonky. You know what I mean? But that is kind of what made those games feel so tense and scary. Um, I feel like you 4 know know what was you a natural progression um, forward for that. And you know, as games evolve and as things get more, more modernized, it's, it gets harder and harder to have novel ideas and to scare you and stuff. I think Dead Space, for me, is the clear best example of what survival horror could be on a next gen console well now next gen is last gen so what what does it need to do now to kind of make you you feel that way i think along the way resident evil became such a big franchise and such a big everybody knew what resident evil was that it had to keep evolving because it couldn't just be all right mansion city you know it just kept like getting bigger and bigger and it's like kind of like when you look at mario it's like you go from mario mario world mario galaxy what's next and it's like you need to feel this sense of progression. And it hit a point in the early 2000s, probably, when the movie started coming out. Well, Resident Evil was action. It just became action. And that's Thanks, how you, you make things bigger. It's just just action. And it's like those movies performed so well. I'm sure that influenced the games because shooters are starting to get big. Call of Duty's huge. All this stuff. It's like it became more of a shooter game because people buy shooter games. They don't buy survival horror games anymore. They were novel back then. They're not novel anymore. Right. So what do I want from it? I think I want a, a smaller game that's not uh, a fully-fledged AAA game, and I, I think Capcom wouldn't do that. I think they're that they'd be too scared to to do that with Resident Evil, but I think it's a smart call to go back to the roots of it being more contained in, in a house. I would love it if it was a reboot, um, capital R-E, boot, and uh, it, it was really kind of just, you know, taking the first couple games and giving us a best of but what that might look like in in 2016 in the same way that we've seen kind of reimagine like almost like a shovel knight take on uh resident evil but of its own franchise you know it's kind of like um tomb like tomb raider where it took the 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 concepts of the other ones the but it, it's totally different sure but that's what a modernized thing looks like and it's a good call Um, I think that this could do that somewhere in between Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider Go, which are two drastically different games. But somewhere in there, it it grasps the essence of what we remember Tomb Raider being. That's what I think Resident Evil needs to do for us to play something that makes us remember the feeling of playing Resident Evil. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, for me, I want it to be I want it to be limited ammo. I want fluid controls and I I want it to be a narrative uh linear experience. I don't want it to be crazy. Like it's what you're saying. I, I want it to be triple A. I want people to do it. But I mean imagine like a naughty dog Resident Evil. You know what I mean? On that kind of thing where we're telling you a specific story and there's stuff happening. You can go around and do it. But I'd rather I mean my my problems with it always were like I I always talk about on paper I should love Resident Evil. I should be its biggest fan. Zombie movies are my thing. I fucking love video games. When this came out I remember being like and I'm talking about when it came out on PlayStation I was like holy shit yes and sat down and tried to play it. I was like, oh my God, I cannot even control the character. This is frustrating. I never ever got over it and couldn't do it and on gamecube i played when i went to had my gamecube i played the remake i was like okay in four i played but by then four was deviating for me right what i want them to do is i want this to be a zombie game i do not want it to do the zombie shit they do where it evolves into liquors and giant monsters and everything else i want it to be there's been a zombie outbreak and we're trying to contain it and that's what and how does this all spiral out and there's intrigue and story and characters that make sense and wesker's back or whatever but he's a new wesker because it's mm-hmm. a reboot and he's, he's motivations make sense and understand where we're going with it i feel like that's resident evil resident evil as we know it didn't control well the story got fucking crazy all the time and like well i was talking about it with you know we were talking about this earlier colin and i of like for me with four and remake well i mean one of my problems with it was like just that they had the zombie rules but even with the controls there where it's like i shoot a zombie in the head and it didn't necessarily go down it's like well come the fuck on like what is going you know and the grand some of that's camera Some of the, I forget what was it there's like a role where sometimes you can't pop a headshot and blow up the head on one hit but it's not every time it's like I, I want to be in that zombie universe that way And I, but if we're rebooting it controls good story um, limited ammo and honestly I'd want a protagonist that isn't a badass That you know what I mean I don't want I want it to be Isaac Clarke Dead Space 1 and not Leon Kennedy Resident Evil 4 Where, or and then as you saw with 5 and 6 right these people continue to get even more muscular and better and fucking roundhouse kicks and stabbing and shit. Like that was what we always talk about with dead space on why it was like so scary. Right. Is the fact that I'm just an engineer. Holy fuck. What do I do? And I'm using my, I'm augmenting my guns to you. That should be used to fix this ship to shoot the fucking limbs off of things. And everything that came at me was terrifying and it didn't, matter that it wasn't waves and waves of people and when we started getting into as much as i liked resident evil Four, i didn't love it but i liked resident Evil Four. there still were like the armies of the villagers that came at you and it's like ah like but i still feel except for the controls that i was in power like i was leon kennedy he's not mm-hmm. scared and i gotta fucking shove this girl <laughs> in a goddamn dumpster and then run over there and do this but that's what i want <laughs> if we're trying to make it a real survivor horror game which i think they should because i think Again, that would be novel in a way to go back to that now, especially because not many people are doing it. And we see with games like Outlast and Layers of Fear and uh, the big one I'm forgetting, Slender? No, whatever. That people want to be scared again. PT, Soma. PT, Soma. People want to be scared by games again. And so if you came out and actually made a real zombie game and, again, kept it simple but made it work.
0: Yeah, I think, think the narrative fun. thing is the, the main thing that you're hitting on that uh separates Resident Evil from those other ones. Like, the other ones, they all have stories, but I do think that, you know, Resident Evil, people remember Resident Evil 1 as being a story-based game. Whether or not it's a great story... You were you know, almost the, a chill it, Yeah, I mean, it had some some poor writing, but I, yeah. I think that overall, like the story was intriguing for the time, and I do sure. think that they have, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the, the the setting, the mansion, the the Wesker, and all, I love everything you're saying about the intrigue and stuff and keeping it zombies and not crazy shit. There's yeah. definitely a cool story to be told.
2: I think, you know, uh, the one thing I gr- disagree with Greg is like the linearity. Like part of, one of the hallmarks I think of several horror is non-linearity. Um, I can't think of a several horror game that is linear. Um, That like, even going back to Sweet Home and stuff like that, but like, you know, a game where you really don't know what you're supposed to do. That's part of the, to me, it's part of the intrigue. Like, going around the mansion in Resident Evil or in Remake or in Remake HD, it's all the same. Um, you don't really know what you're supposed to do. You keep, like, encountering these locked doors. You're, like, progressing, and there's, like, weirdness. I I was talking, I think, on Gregg or somewhere with the, like, when you're upstairs on the on the, like... On the balcony that first time, and you see the zombie walking in front of you, like, but you can't get to him or whatever. And it's like there's like weird shit like that because you're walking around and you're not really quite sure what you're supposed to do. And I think that specifically was the hallmark of um, of Dead Space in the Ishimura was we were, we're, I think we're all talking about the same thing. It's a confined space that you are backtracking through over and over again, which I think is awesome. And things change, and if you pay attention, there's subtle differences. And that was certainly the case in Dead Space, and that's the case in Resident Evil as well in the original one. Not so much in Resident Evil Four because it's way more open but I still think it's, like, one of the... Haunt, like, that game, because it dared to be what it was, I think it gets away with it or whatever. It's actually wide open when you really look at the environments, the town and the Puget Lake and all these kinds of things. Like, this is cool. It has, like, almost like a Jason kind of feel to it in a way. And, like, so to, so to me, uh, I feel like this particular, uh, you know, one game that I feel like is not survival horror, but I look at it as having the ha- many of the hallmarks of survival horror, and I'm not even sure that the creators would call it out as Bioshock. And I think that... Um, games, survival horror games can learn a great deal from that. Rapture is a perfect setting. It's probably a better setting than even the issue more or the mansion um, because it's so big that it's fucking creepy because you're alone. Yeah, so empty. Um, and so you're alone except for the big daddies and the little sisters and like some of the splicers, but you're pretty much alone and so I, I want to see some sort of fusion of those kinds of things, but if I if, in terms of like biohazard, in terms of Resident Evil, like what I really want from it, being a fan of the series or an old fan of the series, not so much anymore, is um Something maybe more akin to uh, a fusion of four and Dead Space. You need to give people more than a mansion today. I think I, I don't know that you can get away with that anymore because it's so. It's going to be short, and, and like how do yeah. you and how do you really fuck around with that? You can give them a castle like Castlevania that's fucking comically big, but if you want to keep it like realistic, then I think that you maybe uh, a village or some sort of abandoned. Nuclear site or abandoned military base or something like something cool like that. Small town that's like walled in by water and bluffs, similar to what the fuck was that weird Japanese game that took place in the town? It was super Deadly Premonition. Okay, so like similar, so like so like Deadly (laughs) Premonition. I played Deadly Premonition when it came into PS3, and I was like, "There's this game is low budget and comically bad, Mm -hmm. but there's something about this game. Like there definitely is something about this game because everything is weird. It's just." weird there's people working in the store there are people in the houses but there's something weird about this town very like classic kind of it's like children of the corn kind of in that sense like where there's like something weird about this geographical area not yeah. just not just this 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 place but i would love so i'd love to see it take place on like a military base or something something where like you can explore different buildings and kind of go around and figure things out and things are locked and you need key cards and you and or it can be like something very modern like i think about parasite eve like the cool thing about parasite eve was that it was super modern and, and like Resident Evil was always modern as well, but like, could it take place in a city, in a skyscraper? Could it take place? You know, like, be clever with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the weird thing about Resident Evil 5 and 6 to me, I didn't play 6, I refused to play 6 because 5 was so disappointing to me, was, and that's where I get with franchise I love, where I'm like, I, you know, I've seen enough. Take my stand. Is, they made a mistake, Capcom made a mistake with Resident Evil 5, thinking that, they needed to respond to the way where the market was when they didn't realize that that particular IP is what everyone responds to, and Dead Space is a response to it. Dead Space is definitely a response to Resident Evil. Sure, um, Outlast is a response to the feel of Resident Evil, the the scariness. It's not the same perspective. You don't have weapons and all that kind of stuff, but it's definitely that tenseness. And what they need to do is figure out that they already knew what they were doing and they didn't need to change anything at all. And that they should, what they should pay attention to is the market response to Resident Evil six, make a survival horror game again, bullet scarcity. I would love for them to bring ink ribbons back. I fucking oh, love that. I hate that shit. Like <laughs> I, I think like making the game part of, part of what survival horror. what survival was cool about the early Resident Evil games was that they were fucking hard. Like you could beat through the game, but if you ratcheted up the difficulty level and you didn't use your ink ribbons and all that kind of stuff, like I love the idea of being like, you can't save. Sorry. You know, like if you die, that's fine as yeah. an option, but that's not how I want to play. I loved that; like, I thought it was a unique. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> like that was that wasn't a limitation of save slots or RAM or anything. Like they were just like, no, fuck you, you can't save unless. And I'm like, that's awesome because it makes you careful. I think one of the things we've lost in, in games um, is consequences. I was thinking about that when I was playing Alienation recently, which is a great house mark game, but there are no consequences for dying at all. And and I love the idea of like. You have seven ink ribbons. You can save seven times. You better figure out exactly how you want to do it, because that's all. And by the way, you have to find them. You're not going to start with them. So good luck finding them. Good luck finding your herbs and your bullets. You have six bullets in your gun. You have a fucking herb and a and a spray can of of first aid. And you have no idea what's laying there. Herbs. That's so. That is the tenseness. That's something actually even Dead Space lost sight of. I think. And now, even though I think Dead Space is actually better than any Resident Evil game. So I think that there's a lot of promise. There's a lot to be excited about because I think they finally get it. I think that they totally get it. And I think that the way that they're releasing these games, even six and five, are is foreshadowing a big announcement. And I do think that Resident Evil will be announced. And I think it will come out in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, That,
0: that sounds I, I'm yeah. with you on that. I think that that's kind of necessary for them at this point, like without it getting too far out from everything. I want to give a shout out to Fatal Frame 2. Oh, Fatal Frame, that yeah, at all, but yeah. like one, Fatal Frame 1 was was fine, but Fatal Frame 2 I thought they really nailed it and like that that game made me feel um scared of playing it in the same way that the original Resident Evil did. Granted, when I played Resident Evil the first time, I was like 7. So like it was extremely scary. Sure. Um but Fatal Frame 2, man, it it really it nailed it came out or at least I played it around the time that like the ring and the grudge and uh all those the Japanese horror movies were making their way to America and it had that whole there's the twins and there's something creepy about twins oh, yeah twins. you know yeah, going back to the shining and uh yeah exactly like there's just they, that game really kind of nailed the the whole thing of making you. Being scared of physically playing it, and like the use of the rumble in the controller, I thought was really, really unique and, and interesting, and it's scary. And uh, I think that the gimmick that that game put forward with the camera and like only seeing the ghost when you pull up the camera, like there's something about limiting your view and only being able to see things at certain times that like really does add to the the fear. And that's why Resident Evil has the camera,
2: you know. And that's why Outlast, I think, really nails it too, like with, with the with, the lighting yeah. of
0: the the video camera. So it's like I I think that. It needs that. It needs some some gimmick that works um, to to keep that feeling going. And, and again, like what I was saying about the the AAA thing is, I, I do feel like I want a shorter game. I want it to be a, a tighter narrative experience that might be like a like a B game. I miss the B games, and I want the B games mm. to come back. And mm. I feel like a a really solid seven to eight hour Resident Evil um, is going to go a lot farther for me than a. 20 hour game with like an intense amount of backtracking, whatever. Even if there was a lot of backtracking in this, if it was in a smaller space that you do get more intimately familiar with, like I'm all for I'm all for that. So we'll see. I hope
1: they take some cues from Gremlins too mm-hmm. and make all of them. some fruit zombies and electric
0: electricity zombies. But no liquors. A smart know. zombie that we call brain. Smart zombie. Yeah. I remember the first time I played Resident Evil was at Kevin's uncle's house. Yeah, didn't he scare you guys? And like, Kevin's he... uncle tried to scare us. because He's a fucking asshole. Goddamn. Because if like you were seven, that. like what? Kevin was six. Four. Kevin was six. Yeah. <sighs> and my brother was four. And Jeez. yeah, he was like, "Oh, let me he's show explained you." Explain so much. We about just why you're played hold. Izzy's Magical Ring Quest on the Super Nintendo. It was an Olympic game. It was a platformer. Yeah. We're having fucking time of our life, and he's like, "Let me show you some real shit." He pulls that out but as soon as Kevin's mom leaves the leaves us with him. He's like, "Let me show you some real shit." And it was like. 9 p.m., dark outside. I couldn't sleep at all. You know what could have helped me sleep, though? Casper Mattresses. Oh, Thank Jesus. you so much for sponsoring this topic. The Casper okay. Okay. is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right of sink and just the right amount of bounce. Yeah. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Damn. That's a damn fact, Greg. In fact... It's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Good for you, Casper. Go get him, Casper. Free shipping and returns to the U.S. and Canada. Try Casper for 100 nights, risk-free, in your own home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it right back up and refund you everything. You know why, Colin? Because it was made in America. And that's how we do things here. Damn
2: straight, we're making America great again. Yep, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing.
0: You can get $50 towards any mattress by purchasing at... Casper.com slash Games using code kf games Again, go to Casper.com slash Games. use the promo code kf games get your $50 off their award winning invention driven mattress.
1: I love to think of our fans buying mattresses and then fucking on them. <laughs> Me too. Good for them. You know what Good I mean? Good for them.
2: Yeah, go um, for it you
1: guys. Get a new mattress and then just bang out on it. Making a note here. Con, you ever bang out on a mattress?
2: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know if that's how you did it. Surprisingly no. <laughs> Alright, so... Topic three of the day. This one's going to get a bit into uh, some spoiler territory. So if you haven't played Uncharted 4 yet, oh. I recommend you Skipping don't watch this the- topic. You can watch it later at a different time. You can skip forward to the next right, one. So we're, spoil- we're taking the, the muzzles off. I, mean, I spoils. F- I, I'm just saying this just in case. Who knows? Oh, so you're saying it might get the the spoiler, spoiler. I have a feeling it will in, in certain aspects. Okay. Um, first off, I want to say that this topic is brought to you by our Patreon producer, Steven Insler. Stephen, thank you so much thank you. for making this show happen over beat. at patreon.com slash kind of funny. I hope you beat Uncharted 4 so he knows he's getting his Patreon shout out here. Oh, I'm sure he did. Stephen Insler's the fucking homie. Um, also, it's brought to you by all you other people on Patreon. So thank you. Thank you very, very much. Again, I need to make a note of this Let's go. so that Kevin knows how to do things. Well, I mean,
1: don't get ahead of yourself. You can make the note. Kevin doesn't know how to do things. <laughs> I'll make sure. notes,
0: and he'll he'll do something. So yeah. the topic. Topic. To quit dilly dallying, shilly shallying, as they
2: say. Not only game ever said that. That's
0: really, Riku it. from Final Fantasy X. Two. That was a direct quote for anybody. All the millions of people out there that love localization that game. there. Yeah. Dilly dally, shilly shally. Ship it. I think it was like a plot point, actually. Anyways, ranking the Uncharted games, we now Ta-da! have four of them that we're talking about here. Fine. We're not going to include... We're including Golden Abyss. Fine, sure. We can include Golden Abyss. Then we're also including... I uh, not for a fortune. fortune. But uh, <laughs> I, I want to give a shout-out to the new uh, mobile oh, game yeah, that yeah, came yeah. out. It's supposed to be pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a total rip-off of uh, Hitman Go and Lara Croft Go, which is awesome. Great. Let's take that shit and give it the Uncharted treatment. Fuck yeah.
1: Put it on the Vita. Totally.
0: Yeah, what the fuck? Download it.
1: And Come on, it out. are you serious?
2: Gio, no, that how does this one, one get past you? It's great. Guys, uh, I think you, you own it. <laughs> Maybe put it on the v- Maybe they know know support your handheld. I they don't know, know what they're doing. God forbid. I'm all about this. So
0: I want to have a big discussion. We were gonna do this last week. Sure. But we decided to give some people time to beat it. I'm assuming most of you by now have beat this game. Uh we've had some time to let it sink in and stuff. Yeah. Hit me out. hit me, Greg.
1: I still I feel, like I said in the review, I still feel I feel this is unfair to an extent. I feel like Uncharted 1, 2, 3, Golden Abyss, Fight for Fortune, shitty ass mobile game. And it's a joke. But, you know, I feel like the Uncharted before Uncharted 4 were very much. Let's compare and contrast them. Let's do these different things. Let's. Talk about how the story and the gameplay compare, and da 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 da, and the fact that they each one of the that each one of them felt like a definitive story. That like because it was always the thing with Uncharted two and three, right? Where it's like, sure, you could jump into those and play them and, and get a lot out of them. Not as always, not as much as if you knew everything, but for the most part, they're pretty self contained. Other than the fact that Elaine and Drake are always broken up and why are they broken up. But Uncharted four, as I was saying before, felt like the cap on the dildo. The cap on the silo. We had all these pieces, the first three or four, if you want to say, that built, and then you put an end cap on it. To where, to sit here now and say, well, which one of these is better? Especially when, like, you're the one who keeps saying, uh, you know, when we can talk about Last of Us, right? Like, which masterpiece is the best masterpiece? Because they're all amazing games. It seems unfair, and especially, it's, it's just, it wraps everything up. And, like, so... What uncharted is the best uncharted? It's probably uncharted 4. I feel the gameplay is the best there. I feel the story is the most coherent and I was into it the whole time. Uh the ending, let alone the ending like before we even get to the epilogue and then into the epilogue is awesome and then the epilogue itself I mean, like, this is the game I always talk about that when I talked about Uncharted 1 or 2 and 3, really, and maybe even 1 if you want to count the fact that I was always mad they didn't get to kiss more, is the fact that, like, this answers the questions and and pulls on the story threads and completes thoughts. You know Mm. what I mean? So here's spoilers for Uncharted 4. But, like, when you're reunited with Elena and and you're going out into the jungle with her and stuff, she does that thing where she cuts you off she's like, we'll have time to talk about this later. Right now we have a job to do. And it's like, and I was like, fuck, yeah. And then right after the next battle, Drake's like, you know what? Fuck that. Let's talk about this. And he kept going back and having those conversations. Whereas in Uncharted 2 and, Un- I mean, Uncharted 3, you're like, she married to somebody else? She married to him? Like, what happened with them? And then at the very end, you get a thing of like, we're, I was, and he puts his ring back on. It's like, well, what was the problem? And like, why? I wanted more. Why did you wait fucking 12 hours to have this conversation? Yeah. Why weren't, because like a real... You've been in a fight with your girlfriend before. I've been in the fight with my ex-girlfriends before. When you're doing it, like you want to talk about it, it's not like you put it off this long, to, yeah. like to get to. Let this me block.
0: go find some treasure and jump on some mountains.
2: Yeah. Some people yeah. are like that, though. Sure, but I'm not Drake the and Elena weren't. but like you know, but, <laughs> but remaining like not wanting to, to fight. I, I, but I agree with you. It is a little and so like and this, this is
1: a payoff to three years and a decade of fandom you know what I mean so like can we really sit here and compare them to it not to mention that as with I, well in my head with Naughty Dog Games right they get better every time because they take from what they've learned and they do it and go on and forth so I don't know I, I mean if I, you're putting a gun in my head literally I, I would say yeah I, 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 it's still so fresh which I hate doing because you remember it took me years to say Peace Walker was my favorite game of all time because mm-hmm. I need I couldn't just let it usurp Metal Gear without anything
0: but yeah probably Uncharted 4 is the best in the series I, I agree completely. Um I I disagree in the sense that uh like I I think that uh this game is a hundred times better if you play the other three. I disagree with you specifically calling that like you need to play the other three to really have this be a great game because it all of them kind of have the same thing. I think that three, maybe even more so than this one, I feel like you have to play the other ones to to have it hit you in the same way because this one just introduces Sam. And it's just like from the beginning, whether we're getting is, new
1: information, if yeah, I'm going new forever. information,
0: you're in there. And I feel like it organically, it gets into via him as a uh, conduit introduces him to Elena and him to Sully sure. in a way that to sure. the player could introduce them to these characters and what they mean. It's pretty clear. It's like, okay, here's the wife and here's the, um like father friend figure, yeah. you know um so i feel like Ford does a, a much better job of like explaining all that because it
1: gives you it gives you are right because it gives you the every man the inserts what we've, talk, we've talked about in the reviews right where like i love the moment of being I, in terms of if i'm drake or sam i'm drake i've been on all drake's adventures i know everything drake does so like when sam asks is it always like this and he's like no Maybe, yeah, it's always like this when you're getting shot at. It's like that's hilarious because I get that joke. But if I'm jumping in for the first time, I'm Sam when I play that game, and you are getting all that information,
0: yeah, so I think that it does a really good job, and again i've I've commanded the game so many times on its pacing and its story, and I feel like it is much tighter and much there's a lot less filler, and uh it just it feels better. It feels. Like I'm continuously progressing and enjoying everything that I'm doing. Not that I didn't in the other games. It's just this one does it so so much better, and it it is a kind of a pinnacle. And I think that it it does all of the things the other games do better. The only thing being the set pieces, because you think you think back to the Uncharted twos and you know, Uncharted threes, like it has these crazy moments. The more I think about it, I really enjoyed the set pieces in in four as well. Is like, Nick here? I th- yeah, okay. yeah, about, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really, really, really like it, and it, it's funny because so many people say, oh, well, nothing could ever compare to Uncharted 2 because that was so fresh and new to us back then. For me, I didn't play 2 and 3 until Nathan Drake Collection last year. And that's when you year. discovered I was correct. And uh, No, it's when I discovered you were actually wrong all those years about Uncharted 3. Um, But again, 3 is, 3 is amazing, and I, I would never say that it's not a near perfect game, but I mean, in comparison to two, to me, it just does not stand up. So to me, it comes down between two and four. And I think that two still has my favorite set pieces overall. Sure. Um, But man, this game really does just kind of take it up a notch and it might not have been as fresh, especially because I had just played all of them back to back. um, But it definitely was the, the best presentation of all of it together. And I think that really goes a long way when this game is about presentation. And it is about that experience. That's a great point. It. So I think that four, four just gives it in such a tight package, whether it's the first game you're playing in the franchise or the last, if it's the last, I think it's not even a question. Four is number one, because if you play all of them, it is, it gives you so much fan service that feels like it's a nice payoff and not the shitty fan service, which it could have been. Yeah. So my votes for four, two, then three, then one. Were you putting Golden Abyss? I didn't play it. So so you're putting know. it at the top. Yeah, No problem.
1: Alright, so then for my rankings, then I guess I'm saying four, three, two, Golden Miss, 1, Fight for Fortune. The shitty mobile game. Fuck
2: you. Yeah, I agree with Greg's ranking. Now, th- this was something that I, I had a hard time with because I agree with you. It's like, well, what do we like Uncharted for? And it's not really the gameplay. Um, The gameplay is fine. It's competent. Um, It's more than competent, but it's not like fantastic. That's but not we- what we're talking about. Right, right? We're talking about. Exactly. Oh well, my that's God, the- and we got to shoot him in the head. Yeah, that's not really like what Uncharted is all about. Right. Um... Gameplay is paramount; it's king, but it's it's totally more than competent to get through the game. Um, and you feel like you're powerful, and you feel like you know you're doing what you're doing. But, um, I had a struggle with this because three really is my favorite Uncharted game. Um, or it was before four came out, and and I really think three is a special game. I think three is a special game for a lot of reasons, and I agree with Naughty Dog's um, own internal kind of um, conundrum with this particular thing, which is that they believe fully from the leadership all the way down to the people that worked on the games that if three came out before two, people would feel the same exact way that people, everyone would be like three is so much better than two, you know, like because they just got it first. So like, that's their memory of like the jump from Drake's fortune among thieves. If the jump was Drake's Fortune to Drake's deception, then they would feel the same exact way about Drake's deception. And I, and I absolutely agree with them. 100%. They, yeah. they, fully, they absolutely believe that. And that's I still think I even for
1: me getting shit about my Uncharted score, right? It's not even people calling me out that I when I say that, that I say that Uncharted 3 is better than 2. It's the fact that Uncharted 3 got a 10 from IGN and Uncharted 2 got a 9.5. If Uncharted 2 would have gotten a 10 and Uncharted 3 would have gotten a 10, the fervor would be so much less. But it's that people think that they played Uncharted 2. And were are like, this is a 10. This is a perfect, this, you know, da, 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 da. and then when it didn't get that, that was like, and then the game they think that isn't, didn't have
2: the wow moments because they'd been wowed so much the first time. Right. The, the jump from, as you saw, because you played the Nathan Drake collection recently, but the jump we saw in 2009 was a significant jump from Drake's fortune to, to among thieves that was not seen in Drake's deception graphically or presentationally because the jump had already been made and that game was turned around quickly. So, um, they were all turned around actually pretty quickly. They made those games in two years. Um, And Uncharted 4 took about twice as long. So um, when I really started to play Uncharted 4, I was disappointed in the beginning because I really feel like the pacing and the ramp up is it's slow and I don't think the pacing is good in the beginning, Um, but it all is overcome. And I said by the teens in the chapters, uh, like the game becomes like really fantastic. The story is awesome. The settings are awesome. Um, Not massively into Sam, but I think he's a great character. I think that Sully and, you know, and especially Sully, but Elena to an extent were underutilized, but I think it all kind of comes together in a convincing way. And since we do judge these games by story, by presentation, uh, by character and character development, by our, the resonance of those characters and the dialogue, the little things in the production um, that make the game go, I I, I would have to say four is the best uncharted game. Um, I don't think any of them are as good as the last of us. Uh, I still think that the last of us is Naughty Dog's pinnacle. Um but again, I would have given two a ten and three a ten. I gave the last of us a ten and I would have probably give it on charter 10 So it's like mixing I'm up and being yeah. I don't know which one's the best. But but so I would say yeah, I would say four three 2 Golden Abyss one. Um and I do disagree with you in the sense, that I've said it before, but like I really do think you're a fool if you play Resident Evil Four with, or, or Uncharted Four without playing the other Uncharted games. I think that you're like you're absolutely doing yourself a disservice. I, I think and, you're doing a disservice, and, and, I, as well. and I think that you're totally fucking up the experience. Like I do think that a lot of this game is lost on you if you do not have a connection to these characters, especially in the epilogue. Um, I mean, especially in the attic. Like I, I see, I know totally what you're saying. Like I'm it, with,
1: I, I don't think it's. I, I if you were to tell me you're gonna do that, because like Nick I asked all the time, I'm like, no, don't be stupid. Me too, like, play play I also don't, tell Nick
0: play them first. Yeah, because I know how much it's worth it. Like I know that it's it's worth the payoff. And again, like I'm gonna go back to this Fast and Furious. You don't need to watch one through four. You could just watch five and it's fucking awesome. But if you did sit through one through four, right. as bad as they can be, right, there's the payoff of five when it actually gets fucking good. Yeah. And, you know, and it's this I, I think that there's a difference here because they they were all great of course before that. But I mean, it's I would never recommend somebody not watch them because it is so much better of an experience. But I just think that it's a testament to the quality of the game that they do a good job of if the of understanding there is going to be people that are playing this for the first sure. time. And I think that it is still a perfect game for those people. I really do. I think that it's only more perfect for the people that... Uh, to put the time in to play all the other ones
2: it's a great game for those people but i don't think i think so much is lost on them like it's none of this matters. like the, the thing about uncharted 4 is that none of it matters unless you play the uncharted games like none of it makes any sense like you like why is drake working this fucking job why is like sully kind of like abs- like absconded from his life why is elena like kind of normalized why is, like i don't know like why is it important that sam's in the game now like well, it's I think I'm like, I don't know why is he running around the attic doing this shit. Why? Are, what are all these references? I think that he's all that making? stuff. I don't I totally disagree. Contextualizes
0: it. it. I think that, that like why is he sitting there, hitting papers? I don't think that for us that played the game got a better idea of that. Like I think that, that I do. You watch it, that, and you're like, all right, cool. And then when you see the attic scene, you're like, oh, cool. He had adventures. Like you, you get that context from.
1: I think it. yeah. I think the yeah, that's the thing is. I think the you're underselling a little bit the acting and the. Uh, setup of it of like just uh, just the way he stamps papers you can tell he's not happy and then yeah when he sits there and he looks at a beautiful like vista in a painting and starts droning on his you know just fading away from his wife you get the longing in the sense of that and what he was doing up there yeah, like you, I don't know, you I, have to grab that gun so you know that he's had adventures and he's shooting shit I suppose like I, I don't get I, wrong I, we're all on the same page that, like totally don't be stupid you get more out of it if you played him but I don't think it's completely lost of like
2: what's happening so yeah I think it's four four three two golden abyss one um or four three two one if you're only counting the Naughty Dog games, uh, but I think that they should all be played. I mean these these really are the pinnacle of storytelling, the pinnacle of presentation, the pinnacle mm-hmm. of graphics at their respective times. I mean the funny thing about Uncharted Three is it still looks better than a lot of games today, um, running on much inferior hardware that only has 256 megs of RAM to even run the game. Yeah, so it's it's uh it's a remar- Uncharted Four is a remarkable achievement, and I will give a lot of credit to the epilogue as we were talking about before. Um, really made the game for me. Um, I also think that, and this is spoilerish, so I'll let you you know pause or whatever. I'll give you a minute to pause the game or to pause the podcast. But I do think that the epilogue leaves the series wide open. Um, and I think that was intentional, and uh, not with Drake and not with Sully, not with Sam, but with Mm -hmm. someone else. And I and I think that that was intentional. And I do not think you've seen the last of the series. PlayStation Six. Um and I, I'm serious like
1: that's yeah. what I think you do I think you take a whole generation off and then yeah if you really want to PlayStation 6 launch title and yeah.
2: then uh, yeah and so I, I think that they really did it with treated it with a lot of care and I thought that Neil and Bruce would have a even though the last of us really it, there's a lot of last of Us inspiration presentationally and gameplay wise in this game that it's all over the place um, they didn't take the cue so much from the dark and dire nature of the last of us and the way I thought Uncharted 4 would end it didn't it didn't end that way at all and that was kind of cool. Yeah, so I definitely I, definitely I was agree. disappointed in one sense because I'm like it's not it's a little bit of a cop out, but at the same time it's it's the way you probably it's should have ended, or you probably should have ended it. Yeah,
0: it's so interesting that you guys are so so high on three. Like I guess I'm I'm out of the the, the context of playing it back in 2009, 2011, or whatever. But playing them back to back, like I feel like three three's issues weren't uh, in. It not wowing in the same way two did. It was just more like I thought it was like way too slow and the I didn't like the puzzles at all. I thought they were like cumbersome and um really broke the pace of the game. And it, it was a, a little too samey in the sense of the um, here's the uh, it, there's another sci like sci-fi element to it, but not really, but it's drugs, so it's kind of like it felt cop-outy to me in a way that two also felt cop-outy, and then it's just one again, but two kind of did feel like a Another start at the franchise, you know what I mean? It was like a real step up, just in the sense. Sure,
1: that but that's. I mean, that's what I was going back to. I'm like, why I like three? Because finally, it was different. You know what I mean? Getting ready for two, getting stoked for two. I. I mean, I disagree. I mean, it's it's Nate and Sully the entire time, and it's about them, and it's about their story, and it's about their history, which I liked a lot.
0: I mean, I again, I love the story of it. I absolutely love the story, but I I felt like the gameplay was way slower and way more more boring than uh than two or four, so. Yeah, but uh, cool. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know what your ranking is in the comments I'm below. I'm sure that you will. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Man, that was only topic three. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Here we are, topic four, as always, brought to you by the Kind of Funny forums. Go to com slash gamescast topic, just like my dude Fallon Zion did hello to the host with the most and the two best dudes in video games i've recently picked up dark souls 3 after putting five hours into the game i'm simply not into it i find this odd because i thoroughly enjoyed bloodborne but dark souls is just not doing it for me some would say to give the game some time and to let it get its hooks into you but i wonder how long that amount of time should be my question is how much time should you give a game before walking away
1: I think five hours is even too long. Um, uh, yeah, it's as much as you put into it. How much you want to put into it? Is it not working for you? It's not working for you.
2: Yeah, it's not a huge surprise. I mean, for, I haven't played Dark Souls 3. What I heard about Dark Souls 3 was that it is a little faster and a little more arcadian. It might have taken a page from Bloodborne, but um, and I like Bloodborne way more than I like Demon's Souls or Dark Souls. I didn't play Dark Souls 2, or, and I didn't play 3, as I just said, so... But I think that you if like it's your time, man, time's precious. You don't have nothing to prove to anyone. If five hours is a lot of time. Like, yeah. you, if, if the game's not connected with you, sell it back or return it and fucking play something else. There's no shame in that. Dark Souls. I've said it before and I hate to say it again, but Dark Souls fans are so fucking pretentious. Some of these people like in terms of like not understanding like that Not this game isn't for everyone. It doesn't mean you're bad at games. It doesn't mean you don't like hard games. It doesn't mean any of those kinds of things. Sometimes these games just great people and they don't want to play them. And I think he's w- probably one of those people. So yeah. I don't think there's any shame in that at all.
1: Games are diverse enough that you can't just say I like games, and that's the end of it. And you like every game that everybody likes. That's not how it works. You like yeah. different genres, you like different gameplay styles. You don't have to worry about.
0: It. Yeah, and it's interesting too because Dark Souls three, I and mean, I feel like the Dark the the Souls franchise has only gotten oh, like, like broader and broader. Where so many people love it so much, and uh, I mean, I just I haven't even really given it a, a sure. shot at all, but I just I can tell it's not for me. Um, but yeah, it's like if you, if you try and it's not for you, like it's whenever that moment is, it seems like you already hit it. Like that's when it is. I wouldn't put any time limit on it. It's more uh, case by case, game by game. Um, obviously I think RPGs take a bit longer to get into like story based things. You got to give it the time to get hooked on the story. You need that first act. I think at least whatever that means, whether it's an hour or five hours or 10 hours, you got to get past that point. Um, but if it's really not hooking you, Hey, no shame in that at all. Lionheart says hey guys Recently, Sony revealed that the PS4 has sold 40 million units, and as usual, Microsoft is so hush-hush about their sale numbers to Xbox. I'm curious what your thoughts are on why that is. I know people who have bought both consoles but can't find a reason to play their Xbox and are unable to sell it. Do you think PlayStation has better quality exclusive games than Xbox, and is that the reason why the PS4 is so far ahead? Or is there another reason? It seems to me that games like Uncharted, God of War, Last of Us, and Ratchet & Clank are way more popular than games like Gears and Halo. Although I must admit that Quantum Break does look really good. Keep up the good work. A lot of stuff happened in that question. There is. Is. there is why
1: do you hide the numbers because you're losing and since you don't have to share them why would you share them because then the story just becomes how far behind playstation you are mm-hmm. um is it the exclusives is that what does it no that it's not at all if that was the if that's how it was then playstation 3 would have fucking dominated xbox from the the jump and gone just like the playstation 3's failure is the xbox one failure of we got off on the wrong foot we came out and said all the wrong stuff and we really alienated everybody and meanwhile the competition in this case PlayStation 4 came out and said we fucked up last time we're all about games it'll be easy to get games on this thing let's play games and microsoft said tv tv xbox xbox cable sports this that you it was like nope nobody wanted that oh you can't you have to be online all the time and this that we're we're changing everything you know about how you connect with games and your profile and everybody went fuck no and flipped out before they had the real information before they ever got to try it that's what the internet does of course yeah and so that's how it happened it wasn't i mean that's the whole thing is like how we're just you know uncharted is the first first party amazing exclusive you need to have and how long is the playstation 4 but not long? it's like no it's not i mean yeah bloodborne was there and there was
2: you know the second son yeah kill and zone like there's ratchet. been
1: games you can only get there but there haven't been games i think like uncharted that move units
2: mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree i think that it, i mean we've we've it, gone over this kind of ad nauseum but it's it, it really it's shocking how much it doesn't have anything to do with first party games because if it did microsoft will be winning because uh, i think that their output uh, until recently has been better um i don't think that any bunch i don't think that any of these games are more popular than halo or gears but uh and i think gears is gonna be a huge game gears 4 i think it's gonna be huge but um but i think that it, it is about the messaging. It is about the zeitgeist of like rolling the the ball down the hill or the rock down the hill and just watching it accumulate, um, you know, debris as it goes down. And like, I think that that's what happened. Sony just really lapped Xbox from the very beginning and they've never caught up And the numbers. So Microsoft's numbers are probably between 20 and 25 million, which are very respectable numbers, but not when you're facing something that's selling 40 million and counting. So I think that, you know, I think it has to do a lot with messaging, a lot with optics and a lot less to do with the games because the games, 95 percent of these catalogs are ex- identical. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did
0: you? Did they release uh, numbers last gen? Who? Sony, Microsoft. Both of them. Microsoft, Microsoft?
2: did. Sony would occasionally.
0: Yeah, but, okay. but, so, the, yeah, but so the gap I mean, was never this bad. That's what it is. So it's not so much as usual. Microsoft's not releasing their numbers. It's just this time they're not.
2: Well, as, I think he means that. I I, I could be wrong, but I, I think as usual, meaning this generation, like they have not announced numbers. I think in like over two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. That is extraordinary. But there's no reason to. But I think that they're, they they have to figure out a way to spin it that's respectful to them. I would announce the numbers and be like, "Look, like we're still trending around Xbox 360, if not ahead of Xbox 360. Twenty five million units is nothing to scoff at. That's more than GameCube sold. Yeah, that's more than you, the original Xbox sold. That's more than you know that we're creeping on N sixty four. Like, but you're talking in terms of how human beings speak to each other when when it's just gonna
1: be the Twitter headline Xbox fifty percent behind PlayStation four. You know what I mean?"
2: That's why yeah. they're doing it. That's, yeah, that's and the I, optic of it. And I think that, you know, the unfortunate thing for Microsoft is that the United States is their most successful market and they're doing fine here. But um, Sony mitigated a lot of struggles in the United States with like a lot of success in emerging markets and a lot of success in Western Europe and in Eastern Europe, a lot of success in Japan, obviously. So even though PlayStation 3 sales seemed soft, they were never as soft as we thought they were. They were never as soft as they felt Yeah, because we were really in the place where Sony was getting its ass kicked. But if you were in England or you were in Germany or you were in Japan, the PS3 era was a little bit different. And a lot of people didn't play Xbox 360. Xbox 360 Crash and Burn in Japan, for instance. So Sony's able to spread the ball a little bit. And they've, they did that last generation to keep the... the it was ne- they were never getting beat by that much. Um, and uh, they're pretty much in parity about $80 million each now. Um, so for this, like, yeah, it's a difficult thing for Microsoft. To, but that's why they're doing it. It's because there's no reason to. And I think that maybe the numbers will come out. The numbers do sneak out in weird ways, though. From other, yeah,
1: like EA will stuff. say
0: something about how many total consoles yep. are in the market right now Keegan Andrew says hey gentlemen and Tim
1: ah, I got you.
0: yeah regarding my Wii U I have a Wii U and I don't remember the last time I played it I loved it when I first got it playing all the hot games like Mario Kart Captain Toad and so on My question is should I wait to sell it or get rid of it closer to the NX launch? Nope, I know GameStop likes to give extra credit when you trade in a console from old-gen to next-gen or should I get mm-hmm. rid of it now? I'm sure I could sell it on Craigslist for more money
2: don't sell your hardware. That's my my advice.
0: I never sell hardware. Yeah, my thing is, I, I'm a big fan of keeping specifically the Nintendo hardware. I'm going to keep that shit. I would keep it alone for playing games like Smash Bros and Mario Kart that like the games that don't die on Nintendo consoles um, until there's NX ports, hopefully, of the, all of them and you can just use that and put that, the Wii U away in a closet. Having said that, do not sell your Wii U on Craigslist. You're not going to make any money off of that. You'll maybe make like 100, maybe 150. It's not even worth it at that point. What you're talking about the GameStop trade in? Absolutely. If you're going to get rid of the console, do that. They give weird ass things where it's just totally worth it. If you're planning to get an NX. Wait, wait. So trade
1: it in now or wait for
0: later? Wait for, on? Wait for later. Okay. I think that that's a. Uh, GameStop are desperate. They We've seen it time and time again in the last couple launches where it's like they will give you. Obsc- when I say obscene amounts, I mean like shocking for what their trading values are 20% bonus. Trade credit. There's all these like bonuses that if you play it right and you do it you the right cute, time, right? Week, yeah. You can really get a nice deal on upgrading a console and like get half off the console. And that that's, that's going to be way more, more worth it than getting a hundred dollars now, I think. Um, but also I do think you should keep the console because
2: don't sell hardware. Don't yeah. sell hardware.
0: Even though, there, I mean, there isn't anything coming out for it. If you're planning on getting the NX, like you're going to be playing Zelda there. So, um, you don't necessarily need it, but, um, I'd keep it. An oyster says, hola, it's Spanish for hello. Oh, Let's ask Kevin for the correct pronunciation. If, si. if, if need be long time, first time, how much experience do you have playing free to play games and what takeaways do you have about them? What would it take for you to try a new free to play game?
2: Almost no experience at all. I'm totally averse to the whole model. But you like you played plants vs. zombie 2? I did, but I refused to pay anything in it. Right. I would have gladly paid them $20 for that game. But since they made me not pay for it, I was like, well, I'm not paying you shit. Um, And it ruined the game. It it kind of like plans for I was so excited for plans for zombies too. Like through the roof, excited for it. And uh, yeah, it annoyed me. I have no experience. I'm totally averse to the model. The model is predatory. The model is wrongheaded. It's fucking stupid. People should pay for their games. It is destructive to the way we pay for games. It it sets expectations that games shouldn't cost money. Um, It has an extremely destructive nature on all of the games around it. Um, And if you don't believe me, ask the thousands and thousands and thousands of developers that have gone out of business trying to release their games on iPhone. Like, I don't know, you know, I don't know what else to say about that. Like, I, I think it's totally ridiculous. I hate, I hate that model.
1: I think like uh, anything else, there's plenty of bad examples of it. I think there's good ones too. Um, My experience with free-to-play, limited when you, when I think about it at a very top level, right? Much, maybe an iPhone game here or there. But then in reality, like, I was DC Universe after that, went free-to-play, kept playing that. I kept paying for it. I'm one of those white whales they always talk about, right? Who every year gives them the whatever, the $150 subscription. Like, yeah, okay, love the game, great. I've had, you know. 600 700 hours of great times in this and I think in a experience like that they always I thought they did free-to-play Correctly granted again. I wasn't free playing ever but how it worked of Download this try I mean like that was you know their salvation when the PlayStation 4 came out the fact that they were at a lot la- They were there to launch and they were free and so so many people jumped in you just saw it with Xbox one They just launched the Xbox one version so many people jump in and share a lot of people jump in and are like not for me. This isn't what I want But then there are the people who jump in and are like oh, this is cool And then oh, I do want more inventory slots or whatever I've gone through the trial version and now I understand to keep the servers on to keep the game going to Pay them back for the fun. I'll pay the subscription
0: yeah, I mean, I've, I have a lot of experience when it comes to the mobile side of things, and I, I think that uh, it, it tot- like Greg was saying, there's a lot of examples of it being bad, but I think there's a lot of examples of being really good. Uh, I think that when it gets in the way is when it doesn't let you do what you're talking about. I hate not being able to just buy it if I wanted to buy it, um, unless the game is good enough, that or not even good enough, but like, like created in, a, in the right way that you're not annoyed Buy pop-ups coming up asking if you want to buy all the time. If, if the game is there and you have to go into the options to do the microtransactions, I'm totally cool with that. When it gets in your way and it's like timed things, if you can only play for this amount of time, oh or whatever, yeah, shit. I'm not into that at all and I think that's really bad. But I do think that there's a lot of good examples of games that when you get in there and it's just you're playing the game and if you want more, you can get more. They're going to keep updating. There's going to be a bunch of stuff. I think that I, I there's a whole bunch of mobile games I've played that I've had sunk many hours into and had a lot of fun that I would have never played if I had to pay $3 for it initially, but then after playing for a bit, I'm like, oh yeah, totally. Here's $3. Mm. Like I want to buy it. Um, I guess that's, that's the the difference between it is not, it's not so much the it's free to play. Microtransactions get you through the game forever. I like it more when it's, it's free to play, but then you can download the whole thing.
2: Yeah. I think that I just don't want to understate the complete destructive nature of this model on gaming. Um, We were already in the fifteen dollars $60 era getting games cheaper than they've ever been. Um, and this convinced people that games should be cheaper, and that games maybe shouldn't cost anything at all. And it's just been bad; it's been not good. And but has it? Because I feel like it's faded away.
1: I remember when everything was going free to play, and it was a big deal. And this is at the same time when mobile is gonna eat our lunch, and that was well, like any
2: war, it fades. But like, there's still fucking corpses all over the place. You know, I, I, I think that it's. It's it's all it's like what we talk about with resources, with game development. If you make a free to play game, you have to figure out ways to make to get people to like give you money. This takes away from design or this seeps into design. If you pay $60 for a game or 20 or $10 or $5 for a game, it's not seeping into the design of how to extract more money from you You already got the money. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. It's fundamentally unsound, I think. And I'd love to see it go away. And I think that you, I think that in some ways you are seeing it go away. In some ways you're seeing proliferate. Um but there are so many losers when it comes to this model and like only a few winners. And I think that says everything you need to know about it personally.
0: Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, this topic brought to you by total war. What is total war? Warhammer, a fantasy strategy game of legendary proportions. Total war. Warhammer combines an addictive turn-based campaign of conquest and empire building with explosive, colossal real time battles all set in the vivid and incredible world of Warhammer fantasy battles. It's the perfect match It's a marriage made in gaming heaven, rich, high fantasy world of perpetual war and massive battles that you find in Warhammer. Total War is a critically acclaimed, epic-scale, conquest-based strategy game, so when you combine them, you get a gorgeous, high fantasy world of perpetual war and conquest on a colossal scale, brought to life in hours and hours of gripping strategy gameplay. Talking epic fantasy, total war style, no one's done Warhammer or indeed fantasy like this before. From the personal skills of your character to 20,000 roaring orcs, no fantasy strategy game is this big and detailed. As a fantasy spectacle, it is unmatched. If you're a PC gamer and not involved, you're missing out. Factions, there's three of them. All of them play very (laughs) differently. Each race is wholly different with their unique characters, campaign mechanics, battlefield units, and play style. See below for further details up in that description. Deep But simplified gameplay, more emphasis on accessibility, clear, intuitive. Good for you. It's good for everybody. Release date, May 24th, 2016. You can get that on PC or Steam if you are so inclined. Do you think that Roaring Orcs is a play on words like the restaurant Roaring Forks? Probably not. No, you don't no, think, the, you don't I think don't.
1: the guy wrote it and he's like, oh, oh fucking, nasty. I ate at Roaring Forks today and then I made a Roaring Orcs tour. All right.
0: In my to PR work. press release. Ah!
1: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much
0: for joining us again on this first Dead and last ever episode 70 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. We'll see you next week. Hope to see you at Kind of Funny Live. Till next time, I love you.